Welcome to the Connect Extension podcast brought to you by the eExtension Foundation. eExtension is a membership-based nonprofit designed to be the engine fueling U.S. Cooperative Extension's advancement and making a more visible and measurable impact in support of education outreach from land-grant universities and colleges located in every state and territory. E-Extension is embedded in the U.S. Cooperative Extension System and serves on the Extension Committee on Organization and Policy. It provides an array of opportunities for extension professionals that foster innovation creation, the adoption of innovations at member institutions, and increased impact of extension programs. This work is supported by membership dollars and funding from USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture, grant number 2019 41595 30124. It's almost funny to think back to that day that we landed in Atlanta to do this impact collaborative. Nobody really knew what was going to happen, why we were there. We didn't even know each other at the time. We were thrown into this group and said, you know, and told that you're, you're going to go to Atlanta to do this. So, okay, we did it. And wow, when we, when there are times when we feel like we are struggling to take the steps forward to get things done. And then we just look back at where we began and, and it makes us realize that, wow, this has come a long way. And a lot of it was due to e-extension. So yes, thank you for that. I'm Aaron Wybe, your host for today's podcast. I am really excited about today's episode. Today we have two guests, both from Nebraska Extension, and they've been actively engaged with the eExtension Foundation over the past year and a half, maybe even two years or so, developing and implementing their program. So with me today is Susan Harris. She's the Rural Health and Wellness Safety Educator and Sani Cochran, she's an extension associate, again, both with Nebraska Extension. But before I get into this interview, I want to provide some context for our listeners. I've had the chance to interview this team multiple times over that course of a year and a half or two years to sort of check in with them and see what they're up to now. So first, as you heard Susan mention, They joined us through our Impact Collaborative program as a brand new team. They didn't even know each other and they were just trying to get something off the ground. So Susan, I'm going to play back a little piece of our interview from August of this year, 2020, that I think summarizes where your team got to between the time you all started with the Impact Collaborative up until that point. To say that the Impact Collaborative impacted our project is an understatement. Uh, We were awarded $5,000 in seed money for our project, which we never expected, which turned into an additional over $200,000 from other funders. And then another $60,000 is pledged at this time. So our our project went from nothing to something very quickly. Um, I'm so happy with how much it has grown. The overall impact that the impact collaboration had on our project is immeasurable. I I know for a fact that we wouldn't have locked ourselves in a room for for three days. We wouldn't have come up with this project as efficiently as we did without the support of eExtension Impact Collaborative. And it wouldn't be where where it is now or where it's going to be with the help from this wraparound support that we are receiving. 
So that's a perfect segue to why we are here today. Susan, you mentioned the wraparound support provided by the eExtension Foundation. Our listeners are probably wondering what that is. Well, through our new technologies for Ag Extension program, we have something called the Program Accelerator. In short, each year we open a nomination window for extension programs to apply, and those selected receive one year of services from the Extension Foundation. And we'll talk about those a little bit later on to get into some more details about the which ones you're taking advantage of and how they are helping your team move forward and accelerate your implementation. So my first question, and I'll put this to you, Susan, is can you please share with us what your project is all about? Well, our project is called Wellness in Tough Times, and this project focuses on rural Nebraska communities that were impacted by a disaster or disasters that have limited resources for recovery. Um, We had in 2019, we had a bomb cyclone hit our state and it just created havoc for, for several rural small communities. So our goal is to go into these communities and just empower them uh, to strengthen the resiliency of the individuals that live there by promoting mental health and promoting the fact that it's okay to start the conversation about mental health. Uh, we, for example, we're using radio campaigns uh, that local champions are recording for us about mental wellness. Before the pandemic hit, we were promoting community get-togethers and projects and things that bring people together like that, educational opportunities within the communities, anything we, we can do to um, increase that mental health awareness. And Sonny, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I do. I think it's um, important that we also recognize that uh, many of these communities were impacted prior to the disaster with the downturn in the agricultural sector. And so we'd already been working on some of these programs um, because we knew our our families and communities were in trouble in these ag communities. And then of course, um, the bomb cyclone. And uh, now with COVID, it's more important than ever that this type of project is available to these folks uh, in these communities. And Sani, can you describe the kinds of challenges that Nebraskans are facing right now? It goes back to what we just talked about, where we've got folks in our rural communities that were struggling with that, uh, with the ag economy. And, and now across the state, and that's what's fascinating about the bomb cyclone, is that it impacted Nebraska from border to border, uh, rural and urban communities. So that struggle for Nebraska is one that not only were these folks impacted personally, but the entire state struggled with over a billion dollars worth of damage. And we were looking at last year at uh, forward to nine years of recovery. And now we've impacted onto that, the struggles with isolation. And again, with people with their jobs in the economy and still recovering from the disaster with a pandemic. You've conceptualized a wellness in tough times toolkit. Can you describe what that might look like? So the Wellness in Tough Times Toolkit. First, 
this project, and Susan and I and our team have talked about this many times, is that every community is different and every community has a different culture. And we want to make sure we respect that. And so this Wellness in Tough Times Toolkit project has a couple of components. One, we're looking at a resource that our extension colleagues might be able to replicate or use um, no matter where they live, um, especially if they're working with different types of rural audiences and communities. The part that our team is really wanting to fine tune is that resource we can use with our community champions that has resources for them to help them make those connections locally with extension to help them with those conversations that will help reduce the stigma associated with uh, mental health. And you know, for us to bring that together, we want something that's practical, not overwhelming, not a lot of words. We want something that's usable. We can put it in their hands, whether that's something they can get online. Again, we recognize that some of these um, rural communities may have difficulty accessing the internet, especially if there's something going on like a disaster or they can get it in print, but we want it to be flexible. So each of our communities can find pieces of that that they can utilize um, with their local residents. It's interesting, just this morning, we had a conversation with our team and something that came up regarding what Sonia was talking about, how each community is different, is how our evaluators are finding that their reactions and their values and their um, struggles that they are having are surprisingly similar, even though they are very different communities. You know, it's, it's that typical rural Nebraska mentality and it is prominent. Susan, how might this work reduce the stigma surrounding mental health issues? Well, we have some goals in this project to reduce behavioral health stigma and to even just get into people's heads that it's okay to say the words mental health and mean it in a in a positive way it's it it might even be as basic as that so many people hear the words mental health and they instantly think that it's something negative but our goal is to talk about it to start the conversation that has been our, our goal since day one to just start the conversation, get the words out there about mental health, about how you must take care of your mental health just as much as you take care of your physical health and um, try to get that sort of ingrained in people's minds so that we can talk about our stress, especially in times that are really, really giving our rural community members some stress. I, uh, I think back to when we were out at Husker Harvest Days, and initially with this project, we had thought about targeting women and partners of rural folks, and that experience of being at, it's an, it's an, an ag show, and, and Susan, you might help me with this, it's like the largest regional ag show, um, and it was held in Nebraska, and of course, at that time, it was person to person, But what we found being there and allowing people that opportunity to have that conversation, it didn't matter if you were a man or a woman, young or old, people were really forthcoming. These are rural folks. 
to have those conversations. I mean, I I was really surprised at the number of rural men, farmers that and ranchers that opened up to talk about how important this was and um, their family members that were there. So this is such an important process, as Susan had said, to have these communities have that place, that venue, whatever it is where people can talk. They can have that start the conversation around this and allow people to open up and help them reduce that stigma. I think we were honestly surprised at that event. We went into it not mm -hmm. quite knowing what to expect. Maybe we were expecting to have some resistance and wow, it was totally opposite of that. People were opening up to us and that's when we realized we have something here. We, <laughs> we're, we're doing something that we need to be doing. So what are the outcomes that you're hoping for with this project? Well, we have three main outcomes that we have listed as our goals. And those are to increase mental health awareness, to decrease behavioral health stigma, which we have talked about. And also one that we haven't really mentioned yet is to increase the use and or awareness of behavioral health resources because that's what Extension does best. We, we know where the resources are and we promote those resources. Like our Nebraska Rural Response Hotline is a big one that we are promoting as a, a, a general hotline for any kind of problem that any Nebraskan might have. And so many people aren't aware of it. So we are promoting the heck out of that and collecting all kinds of other resources, partnerships, um, so that we all have this network and we are aware of what's going on in the state so that we can offer all of those resources to anyone. I think that's what uh, makes the Wellness and Tough Times project so special too, is that this is part of a larger group of partnerships that we have. It's the Rural Family Stress and Wellness Group. That's a working group that meets regularly with so many different partners from around the area that are, you know, people are specialized that are helping folks with this. And this is one project within that larger working group that is full of partnerships. We're just a few months into working with your team as a new technologies for ag extension project. So it's early on in this project, but what are your takeaways thus far? Everybody is stressing. That's the main one. We've had so many calls for programs about stress and not just for um, our farmers and ranchers, but for business people, companies who are working with the rural folks who, who are sort of struggling with compassion fatigue. They're taking on everybody else's stress and they're dealing with it along with their own stress. So uh, that is one takeaway that uh, what we were talking about and when we, when we talk about how we want to start this conversation, it has, been, it has been started. And we talk about it a lot with everybody around the state. Um, we've also discovered that, like I said before, the each community is very different and yet they're still struggling with the same kinds of stress and worries. I think too, I mean, uh, as you talk about it, Susan, you know, this has also impacted employees, extension folks that are out in the field and trying to work with people. And it's, you know, we went through a project that was all focused on people getting together person-to-person -person events starting the conversation together. Well, after the pandemic hit, um, 
we immediately had to switch to other ways to reach people. And when you talk about isolation, you know, here we have people that are isolated even more, and how are we going to reach them? So one of the ways that we've done that is we have a Start the Conversation Bulletin that has gone out to every household and every PO box in those target communities. We wanted to get resources in their hand, which included, you know, kind of some tips, some wellness tips, but also how do we get a hold of that two one, you know, the, the rural response hotline? How do we connect people with the Nebraska Strong Crisis Counselors that are out in the field? It's making those connections, but doing it differently. And, you know, for us, this has been one of the biggest adjustments we've had to, we've had to figure out is um, we can't necessarily go into a community anymore and have a, have a town hall meeting. Um, we're having to do that differently. And uh, it's challenging for our extension colleagues and it's challenging for our communities. But, you know, like anything else, this is not the time to sit back and wait. This is the time we need to be reaching out to people and getting these resources in their hands because this is the time they need it most. I do have one more takeaway to add, Erin. Now that Sonny was talking about that, I recently, last week, had a meeting with a committee of uh, town members in one of our communities that we're working with. And the takeaway I, that I had from that meeting was that they didn't really know what they were getting getting into as we began the meeting, but as we started talking about what we wanted to accomplish in their community, and as the leader of the meeting had mentioned this several times, you know, we're going to keep this at 30 minutes, this will just be a short meeting. No, these people, these folks wanted to talk about it, and they were excited about ideas to help rebuild this awareness, and you can see the excitement they're brewing, and and it's fun to watch it actually start to happen finally. Even if it is virtually, we're watching it through our screens here. So I mentioned earlier that this team is part of our new technologies for Ag Extension program. It's one of the eight projects that we are supporting in our second year of this cooperative agreement with USDA NEFA. I wanted to ask you what wraparound services are you engaged with from e-extension that are helping propel your project along? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I know with both Susan and I, we're new at this project with NTAE and this experience. And I'm going to start by saying that um, they're not wraparound services, but our two catalysts have been really important in moving us forward and keeping us on track and going and utilizing and introducing us to folks. So, you know, for me, I want to thank them for that push and explaining and patience with us. Um, we have uh, been very fortunate, Aaron, to work with you and um, setting us up with the Farm Journal for the assessment piece that we're very excited about that is taking place um, utilizing Farm Journal's resources. Um, and I know uh, Susan has worked closely with the leadership um, component. So if, Susan, you wanna talk about Carl? Yeah, Carl Bradley has been great for our team. Uh, just meeting with us and giving us some real food for thought about not only our team as it works, but our role in leadership in other areas of our lives. 
And I'm excited we have a meeting with him again coming up shortly. It's kind of becoming a regular thing and it's great to have him sort of as our, our I don't want to say cheerleader because he's not all about rah-rah, this is all great. You know, he makes us see things for what they are and we appreciate that. Yeah, we do appreciate his his perspective and kind of his insight has uh, directed us to really think about things with the team and how to move forward um, with this project and even other projects going forward that we, we might want to do. Um, I know we also are working with the evaluation folks and professional development and we have, we've had the privilege of working with Tate, who has helped us really narrow down what our focus is and what we want to be doing. So, so that has been all really helpful. We are so appreciative to have this. Awesome. So let me unpack just a little bit of that for our listeners to provide some context. So with the New Technologies for Ag Extension Program, or NTAE, there's a different set of services that are applied to the projects we're working with, depending on what their needs are. So you mentioned some of them. And the first one you mentioned, I think, was the Catalyst team. So our Catalysts, we have four individuals. They are former extension directors. They spent many years in cooperative extension. And that is Scott Reed, Fred Schlute, Chuck Hibbard, and Rick Clemmy. And what they do is they help guide the projects and they provide their wisdom of so many years of being in cooperative extension to, to help kind of chart the path forward for each of these teams. The other one you mentioned, which I'm always really excited to talk about, is the marketing service. So for four of our NTAE project teams, we've actually partnered with Farm Journal's Trust in Food. And what they're doing is actually conducting market research for these extension programs to help refine their messaging, to make sure that they're hitting the mark with their audience, and to really just get a chance to ask critical questions of their audience that they may be wondering about or they haven't had answers to, or in some cases, uh, affirm their thinking. Another one that you all are working on is our publishing service. So you're working with my colleague, Ashley Griffin, on taking the work that you're doing and packaging that up into what we call an e-field book to really showcase your program as a model. And that's going to be made available to the entire system. You mentioned Carl Bradley, and he leads the leadership development piece of that. And that's new for this second year. We also have digital engagement and professional development and partnership development and evaluation. So I could speak about those all day long. But for our listeners, if you have a project or a program that is in what we describe as early stage but high potential, so maybe you've done a pilot of something that you are interested in receiving these services from the eExtension Foundation, we will start taking year three nominations in the spring of 2021. So we haven't set a date quite yet, but if you follow us on extension.org or you have a Connect Extension account, which is connect.extension.org, that's a good way to stay in the loop. So when we announce our nominations, if 
you fit that description and this is something you're interested in, we encourage you to apply. So Susan and Sani, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time here. And for our listeners, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful rest of the week. 